Uh, speaking of, I guess we're live, right? Yeah, three people are watching. So I guess now. we should probably start off with something like "Welcome to Nintendo Dads" episode two hundred and forty-seven, recorded September nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. On tonight's episode, we discuss the fact that Nintendo wants to get you fit. Also, we're on the eve of no money in your wallet. Why? Oops. Because the Switch Lite and Link's Awakening comes out, and we are excited. We're going to discuss this and so much more. Jesse, you preemptively cued the soundboard, so why don't you hit the button again? Hey everybody, welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 247. I swear we leave for a week and let the Brits take over and Jesse forgets how to play music. Uh, it's September 19th. Uh, we are hours away from Wallet Geddon otherwise known as the day that Apple and Nintendo steal all of our money uh, with new phones and systems and games and Amiibo and, oh, all kinds of other stuff that my wife's probably going to kill me for. Uh, and so, guys, this will be my last episode. Um, just because <laughs> when the packages start rolling in tomorrow, I'm going to head for the heels. Are they all like Amazon packages, by the way? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, show they're, yeah, they're Amazon, except for the, except for the Switch Lite. That's that's a purchase from GameStop. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that dulcet tone that you heard straight from the heart of Maple Syrup Town. That's Mr. Maple Justin Masson. What's going on, folks? I am. If you follow us on Instagram, I am. I have. I have drank a large Slurpee uh, of of the Link's Awakening kind of in the collector's mug because we have that in Canada. Why? Because we're awesome. Uh, and I am souped up in uh, in sugar, and I'm happy to say. This podcast sponsored by 7-Eleven. It's not sponsored by 7-Eleven, but I'm really hoping that one of these days, if I keep saying it, it is going to be true, and we're going to get one some of these days. Tea. If you name a random sponsor and right, we get yeah. it, sponsored by Harry's, great shaves for men. You should check us out at our at our at our uh, URL Harry slash Nintendo Dads for a 25 percent discount code. <laughs> Tell them Marty sent you. I don't know. Yeah, if you go if you go and try that, it's not going to work. Uh, yeah, don't you're do, misleading do the people. Legitimately, though, I you know this is not plug sponsored. I do use Harry's razors, and they're quite nice. But that's just my own personal favorite. I don't. Speaking yeah. of a man who never uses a razor because he has one of the sexiest beards on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jesse Waldak. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. Yeah, I don't know what that having soundboard, my finger just pushing all the buttons at once instead of the one I want. That's just you weird. do. You got a little case. You got a case of the fat fingers there, buddy. Fat fingers. Yeah. But I, I liked the, you know what, you know, I did like the fact that you put like some, some uh, Mega Man right before the actual music. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I hit the theme and the events button at the same time. Yeah. So they both yeah, having, having fat fingers is better than having chicken fingers. There you go. I don't. Who, okay, quick thought. Who has the best chicken fingers? Do you think? Oh well, you guys have different restaurants up there, but yeah. Yeah, but like, are you talking about like fast food chicken fingers? Yeah, let's go. Let's go like a good fast food chicken finger. Popeyes. Okay. Okay. We don't. I don't. I, we don't have that where I'm at. All right. All right. All right. That's I'm sad. That's sad. Popeyes. Okay. Heading over to you, Jesse. Round table. Best Kings. chicken fingers. Who? Uh, raising canes. Again, I don't even know what that is. Canes. Yeah, I've heard of them, but I've never had it. All right, chat. Let me know in the below. Okay, we got some. We got oh, some no, chicken no. plate going no, on here. Yours. Chick- you Someone go to Chick Fil A and you don't eat a chicken sandwich. Oh. Well, no, no. I'm looking at the chat in our in our. Uh, I know YouTube, I'm by asking the way. that Chick-fil-A's person. Going on. On. I'm going to say, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say 
Dairy Queen in Canada. Again, if you're a Canadian, fight me on it. Let me know in the comments below. Um, Justin, uh, listen, Dairy, Dairy Queen's Queen in the U.S. Here, you don't go Dairy there for Queen food. Dairy Queen in the U.S. is like just above gas station bathroom. Uh, that's not good. Quick, <laughs> quick, quick aside. In Ireland, chicken fingers are called goujons. Goujons. <laughs> and they are goujons and fries. They are the. Do you have Dijon with your goujon? It's it's on the menu and it's it's chicken goujons and chips, right? So that's chicken fingers and fries. and fries. Uh it's G O U J A N. Goujons. Goujons. And I'll tell you, goujons and chips the best are like from a chipper. They throw in some salt, some some uh, vinegar, shake it up, you get some taco sauce. Let me tell you folks, I'm missing Ireland so much. So much. I am. But hey, uh, this is not chicken fingers for uh, next lunch. Next time day. I'm going to. Uh, next time I go to Chick Fil A, I'm going to ask for some goujons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. I, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to probably you're, they're going to call the they're police. Gonna, they're they're going to say you a get look. out. They're going to say they're, get they're out. They're going to say get out. My pleasure. I do want to say as I'm looking at the at the chat. And by the way, everyone's like, why are these people still talking? We're not talking about Nintendo yet. Uh, Iceman seventy five makes the following statement in our chat. And of course we're live every single week. So you can join us on our, on youtube.ca or sorry, on YouTube at Nintendo dads. Uh, Iceman 75 says he's hoping to hear some American dream later today. So you guys might want to make sure. Let's let's, let's do Rhodes. Think about it. Let me tell you something, baby. The only way to eat a chicken is to just eat it whole. Just pick it up live, hit it in the head with the plunder, stick it in your mouth, spin it around, pull it out, feet and bones, and just throw it off to the side. I eat about seven of them every night, just like that, daddy, right before I go to the ring and take out Ric Flair. I'm coming for your title, boy. Sorry. I don't know what happened there. That's I didn't know where it was going at any time, but it was a journey, and I was excited to be on that with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where yeah. we went with that, I was excited. You know, uh, I also you know, really... where, you know where that really works. Mm. You know, it really works in the after dark region. Okay. There, you know, yeah. baby, the kids are asleep. Yeah. So we you want to maintain that. We want to make yeah, sure we're not we explicit gonna... commentary is what you say. <laughs> Like it. No, I do no, like I'm, this other comment in our chat though. Things you don't do. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I do like hearing in our chat here, I love this idea. Chicken wing dads. I love that. I would all about be about Okay, that what show. would that look like? Videos of us eating chicken wings? I think so. I think very much very I you know what here's the thing. I mean, very much like if and again, if you're part of our Patreon uh group, you saw me about a month ago eat a plant-based sausage patty. It was terrible. Uh, which was horrible. I think maybe that's what we do as a Patreon exclusive. It is it is eating chicken wings. That's what I'm going to Tomorrow I have to go pick up my Amiibo in the yeah. town next yeah. door. And that will afford me the opportunity to go to Popeye's yeah. and get chicken fingers. And so you know what I'm going to do? Patreon do your unboxing review. with chicken wingers. Chicken fingers. Pa- Patreon sponsored by Popeye's. Of Popeye's chicken fingers. Yeah. And so so here's what I want to know in the comments right now. It's just one word. All right. You vote spicy or regular. Let me know, folks, in the chat. Spicy or regular. We got people watching. Let's hear it crack off. Now, before we dive dive much further into chicken wings, uh, which I am excited for, 
I'm sure we've got a lot of news to do this. So let's oh, jump yeah. into our Nintendo news for the week. Jesse Bumper. Mr. Estes, Mr. Estes, who pays our bills? Who keeps our lights on? Uh, our fine patrons over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads, not harrys.com backslash Nintendo dads. No. They don't do anything for us. No. Except keep our faces smooth like a baby's bottom. Neither, uh, none of us, none of us are cleanly shaven on this podcast. No, we never no, that, have been. I don't think we ever will be. That's the irony of it. Uh, but anyway, over at <laughs> patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, as little as a dollar a month gets you access to us on our Discord server and videos and updates on our Patreon page, which we need to be better about. And that's going to happen. Uh, you can watch Justin eat plant-based sausage. Yeah. And you'll get to see chicken wings tomorrow, chicken tenders, goujons. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real, uh, it was a real Canadian moment. I went to Tim Hortons, had my double double, sat in a parking lot, had a chicken based, uh, sorry, a plant based sausage. Since you've said double double, yeah. Every time I go get coffee anywhere and it's just plain coffee, I think about you. I think about double double. Uh, you two creams and two sugars, and you know what? You have, I have seen the light. They call me the double double. They call me two creams, two sugar. You know what I'm saying? That's what they call me all the time. Double double mass. Double 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 mass. Hey, uh, two creams, two you sugar. know what? Uh, let's let's actually talk about something good here. Uh, new patron this week yeah. of the show, Russ, uh, coming in as a brand new patron, and also sent us an email that we will read later on in the show. But Russ, thanks so much for being a uh, patron of the show. Thanks for joining in. We appreciate every single one of our patrons, even if you've been here uh, since, uh, you know, when I'm looking down our list here, I think 2017. Yeah. So we started this thing. Yeah. Some people have Patreon. Some people. No, 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 no. 2016, 2015, yeah. 2015. There have been some crazy people on this journey with us since mm -hmm. 2015. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Thank you so much to each and every one of you. You're awesome. Yeah. Also, just a quick, quick statement here. Uh, Jesse, get the soundboard ready for this. Our good new Patreon supporter, Russ. Where is Russ from? The Great White North, Calgary, Alberta. Give him the, give him the bumper there, Jesse. I'm looking for it. This one? Maple syrup mooses. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Nice. Thanks, Russ. Yeah. Good old Alberta boy as well. Thank you so much, eh? Hey, Justin. Yeah. Here's a thought. If we do chicken wing dads or chicken finger dads, goujon dads, I don't know yeah. what you want to call them, we're probably going to need to get fit. Oh. I think you're right. <laughs> wow. And, and so that was a segue and a half. Segue into uh, talking about pretty much the biggest news that we, I think we're going to talk about this week besides Link's Awakening uh, dropping and the Nintendo Switch Lite. And that is Nintendo's reveal of Ring Fit Adventure, which yeah. uh, launches for the Switch on October 18th, uh, which is pretty soon, actually, uh, with the brand new accessory Ring Con, uh, which will uh, record your movements in like kind of a force feedback type um, device. This dropped out of nowhere. Uh, Nintendo prefaced it with an extremely strange video uh, showing people doing something with the ring con or doing various things with the ring con, but not showing the game. And then 
I think it was the 12th of September, because uh, it's been a minute since we've had an actual, you know, last week we just had uh, Gary and Phil on, and they talked uh, Gamescom, I think. Great. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Uh, but we haven't talked about news since then. So September 12th, they drop a full video uh, showing what Ring Fit Adventure is. Uh, actually, a pretty robust-looking RPG. Yeah, right? re- really, really was actually. It was um, a little, little bit of a, um, a, a surprise. I think we were all. I, I, my impression, I, and I think I said it on Twitter. I said, "Well, this is the Switch Fit, essentially, right?" Is what, what we were all assumed it was going to be. Um, but I think they did a really great job of uh, of positioning that it's it's more than just your exercise activities, right? Now, obviously, the exercise around it, but there's an actual RPG in it, which I thought was was shocking. Uh, or an RPG light game, however you want to call it. Um, very light, but I thought, but I, yeah, very light. But I thought light. It, was a, it was a great job positioning it. Um, See, I, I think I think calling it light is a little derogatory. And and why? Like the reason I say that is because as some I, like I don't care anything about this. I'm not getting down in the floor to wallow around and play a, an RPG, but. Uh, like I was very surprised that the game actually looked like it had more, like a a lot of substance, I guess, instead of just being, uh, a throwaway excuse to make people exercise. Right. Uh, it actually looks like I was, I was into it and I, and I still am in some ways. Like I, I'm just not going to buy it, but like, it looked like it would be fun to play. I guess yeah. that's what you're saying. Well, and it's interesting. Quag, so like in the, the, the... Quag in the chat kind of thought more similar to what I was thinking. You know, when, when I was watching the, the initial video, it kind of had a Connect Adventures vibe to it. Mm, and yeah, that's and, a good and point. Quag says, inspired, inspired by Metopia, mix in some Connect Adventures, it'll sell. It'll find an audience. Yeah. So yeah, I, def- I definitely I'm on the agree. fence with this. I still don't know. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's going to find an audience for sure, right? I mean, I think. So I don't think it'll be We Fit Big, but it'll. I think. Well, it'll it's it's. Move. Yeah, it it is it is tough to say, right? So, there are over forty fit skills, which are exercises, moves that can be used actually during the adventure, and then there's actually like a quick play mode that are short bursts. Like there is there is a fair bit of of content in there, and then they they really have made it quite accessible, right? So whether you're in an apartment and you need to kind of like. You know, you have people below you. You can kind of do a, diff- a different kind of walking or movement. So it does in stomping as well. It also allows you to change and adjust your exercise level. So if you're maybe a gamer who has not got out of a chair for a long time and, and exercise seems frightening to you, you know, you you, you can start a very uh, casual and very easy level. I think that this is going to – I think this is probably going to do about as well as we would would expect potentially uh, we Fit to do uh, when it was first announced as well. I think it has an accessibility to it. I think the thing about this that I that I think blocks it from being the Wii the Wii accessible point of it. When the Wii when the when the Wii Fit came out, it was the board, right? You just put it in the room. It was easy to understand. I stood in the board. I moved the board. The you know I leaned to the board. It was fine. With the ring kind of being a bit more dynamic, right? With you know you squeezing it and moving it, and then you've got your strap to your leg. You've got the Joy-Con there. I think that the approachability of it to it or the accessibility, I think, is going to cause potentially some barriers there. I think it's a great move for Nintendo. I think this is another example of 
when Nintendo is feeling comfortable, and they were feeling very comfortable during the Wii generation, they begin to come out with these kind of wacky, crazy ideas, right? I think Labo is an example of that from the Nintendo Switch perspective as well. There's I think no other explanation Nintendo, for Link's crossbow training. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, I think Ring Fit Adventure is another great example of it. But what we do see, and you think about it, and, and they have been selling the Wii especially this, or sorry, the Switch, especially this version as, as being portable, right? As being accessible. Hey, if, if I'm traveling, right, why, there's no reason I can't bring my Switch and bring Ring Fit Adventure, right? Throw that ring thing into my suitcase and I have my portable gym basically with me now wherever I go. So I think that they, they're at, they've actually got a really interesting niche that they could be uh, aiming at. So uh, I'm going to be interested to see how it goes. I, I just, I like... <sighs> I, I can't get over how – I mean, you, you've you got the, the, the fitness element, right? But, I mean, like they actually took time to, to make a game and actually put thought into it because it could have just been like, oh, do this attack and your enemy will die, right? Yeah. And you go through these runs and you go through the level and boom, 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 and you put together a short little adventure. Uh, but it – like to take the time to say, you know, like actually choosing attacks, actually um, – Figuring out what works against what each enemy, and that it, I mean, it, and it, it has a typical goofy Nintendo storyline, mm-hmm. like the the body build, building demon king, yeah, you know. But I think like I was with it until it got to the whole. You have to stand in front of your TV and you have to jog in place to move, and then you have to get down in the floor and do the yoga stuff and all that. And like, so I get it, but I also at the same time. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted to see. Yeah. And that it, and again, you release a video that's open-ended that shows no game. You kind of set the expectations, right? You kind of set it for expectations to, to be out there to kind of yeah. go up. So I was thinking something like, and I know a lot of other people were, were too, like uh, we fit online. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I do a workout and then you do the same workout and it compares our, stats yeah. together you know or you could do like i could design a custom workout and send it to a friend and then they could do the workout and they would maybe like in that they would feel the tension because i'm feeling like that that ring con actually is is probably a little more deceptive than i'll say deceptive it probably has a little more tech in it than we're seeing because well, of th- the resistance and things come like Am I, it's like, can it change resistance or is it always yeah. going to be as malleable or is it going to push back or is it going to vibrate or yeah, I mean, I think, do? I think that's the interesting thing, right? The durability of that ring is interesting. Like, I think that's a big question mark for sure. When I think again, and I use the reference point of the Wii balance board, that thing was durable, right? Like you could kill a man with, with that Wii board. Uh, and I, and, and I wonder about this, uh, this kind of ring and I do know, you know, I'm seeing here in the chat as well. I do know it was mentioned on NVC recently, that those kind of like rings are very similar to Pilates rings and those things get worn down pretty quickly as well. So it will be interesting to see how it goes. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not just throwing it away yet. Um, I, I think I'm, I, I think I'm interested in it. I, I actually lost a lot of weight, uh, near 60 pounds using the Wii Fit board. Uh, the, the Wii board kind of, it was part of, part of a regimen. It was the only thing I did was like Wii Fit training. It was part of everything else, but became part of my routine. Um, and I know for, as a guy who's now worked from home, um, you know, I don't have a gym membership. 
I can take this and, and do 20 minutes of, of weird gamification of exercise, then maybe that's great, right? Maybe it does exactly what it needs to do. Maybe that's the audience is looking for. Um, I know is that- Is it uh, worth $80? Uh, is Canada, the question. Canada, it's about 100 so we'll tell you that right now. Um, it's tough to say, right? I, I mean, I think, I, I will say, I, I believe there has already been a uh, an extra life goal set. That, like if we reach $2,000 or $3,000, I'll be doing 20 minutes of weird exercise on this stuff. Uh, much like my dance, uh, Ubisoft, uh, just dance last year as well. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Gotcha. So I, I guess like what I want to know is from people who are watching or listening, maybe you tweet us later on and, you know, after you've heard this episode or even right now in the chat on YouTube, is this something that you're interested in? Like, because, uh, if it does take off, maybe there is a, a market for more, of this, or maybe we will get like a switch fit, or maybe it would lead to um, something uh, more unconventional uses of the Joy-Con. Like I, I would hope that this might lead to like switch sports. Yeah. Right. You know, and we have the bowling and the the things again, like yeah. that made the Wii such a huge thing in the beginning. Right. Speak, speaking of the, the Joy-Con part, I don't know if you guys caught that the IR sensor was able to measure heart rate. Yeah, did I did notice that. that yes, I did see that. Remember, remember the um, vita- vitality sensor. Remember that yep. that old How can I software that? that never happened. I think the vitality sensor got looped into the uh, IR camera in the Joy Cons. I think that's where mm-hmm. that ended up going. So we're still getting quality of life. Mm-hmm. But it's built in not as we thought. And that, and that really get, begins to get me to really wonder, like, what else does this thing do in here that we don't know about? A With bunch. IR. Yeah, I, I'm still, willing, I'm little, willing to bet a bunch. Little side story. The Vitality Sensor led to my, I think, the, the funniest quote from Miyamoto when I was at E3 2011, when, mm-hmm. back when they did the... Developer behind door inter- uh, closed uh, roundtables, mm-hmm. and they are asking this, asking questions. And no- normally, you know, someone would ask a question. Translator would ask a question in Japanese. He'd respond in Japanese. Translator would respond in English. The question was, "What happened to the vitality sensor?" And before the translator could say anything, Miyamoto stands up and says, "Next question in English." <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, that's um, now one of the things that you could essentially maybe be doing with your uh, with your uh, fitness band here is doing the shimmy of the ballad of the windfish. Uh, and of course, I'm going to be taking that right out of our comments here from QEG three one one. But that's a good transition into tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. As you're probably listening to this, unless you're live with us right now. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is hitting the Nintendo Switch. You guys, how you feel about this? You excited? It, yes. Right now, it's if you've pre-ordered it, it's playable now. Who's pre-ordered it here? Me. Uh, me. <laughs> so right now, guys, just, so just so you guys know how dedicated Jesse and Marty are, they're still continuing this podcast. I'm looking at them right now. Their hands are not on their Switch, although Jesse's giving us a look right now where he may, he may say, he's like, I have to walk away the soundboard for a minute to go to the bathroom. And he's not going to yeah, come back. Actually, earlier today, um, Megadass John and his Discord goes, I've never pre-ordered anything before, 
So does someone know when this thing goes live? And I said, yeah, 11 o'clock tonight. So. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, if you're listening to this right now, hopefully happy Link's Awakening Day for you. Hopefully you guys are getting a chance to play it. Do you guys have any fond memories or did you play Link's Awakening prior to this? I know, Marty, you said it's one of your favorite games. Yeah, it's um, my second favorite Zelda behind Wind Waker. Um, it is a game that uh, last Christmas, uh, or maybe it was Christmas before last, I finally 100%ed. I had never 100% of the Zelda game. Like, I'll always beat it and be like, oh, yeah, that's good enough. But uh, I love this one because it's so quirky. It has a lot. I mean, everybody pretty much knows by now, so it's not a spoiler. There's like Mario references in this game, Mario characters, enemies. uh, And it's just like it was charming to begin with. And it was such a different feel for a Zelda game to begin with. And uh, I actually remember this. Uh, It came out. I want to say that it launched, I mean, it launched on the original Game Boy um, around the time I was 13. Uh, So like 1993 or somewhere around in there. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, But I remember getting this and it was like, we're picking it up and we're about to go on a long car ride. Mm. And so it was like the most ideal scenario, right? So I got to spend a ton of time with it. To begin with, never played the the DX version until um, I played it on my 3DS. Sure. So finally played the DX version uh, and got the color dungeon and all that later on. But uh, I'm super excited to dig into this. I really want to finish Astral Chain first, and I'm like one chapter away from finishing that. So I'm probably going to force myself to not open it until then because i know as soon as i do i'm gonna be You're sucked done. Done, yeah son. yeah yeah my my first playing through of of uh, Link's awakening believe it or not was actually for nintendo dads we did Link's awakening um uh for one of our retro rewinds we might actually you know what we might have that key art still left from when we had retro rewind key art oh yeah um but yeah, and, and here's the thing. We, we, we put this out to the poll, uh, the Twitter universe earlier this week asking, is this your first time visiting, how do you say that? Cool. Coolant. Coolant Island. 53% of our respondents said, yes, it is their first time. 47 saying no. A couple of them responded back with some actual comments on Twitter. Insipid Ghost says, no, it was my favorite Game Boy game ever. I'm stoked for this one. Josh Taylor says, nope, the DX version was my first Game Boy um, Game Boy Color game in the late 90s. Got to play his beautiful new version at Gamescom. Definitely looking forward to it. Um, Eli says... The hype for me uh, for a Zelda release is unlike anything else. And DB12 says it'll be my third and I can't wait to hear the music. So a lot of people, again, very fond memories of it, either either play, having a Game Boy, much like you did, Marty, a Game Boy, uh, or playing it a Game Boy Color, or or again, the DX version. This game seems to resonate with a lot of people. I've heard, I've heard a lot of commentary um, from other reviewers saying, I remember playing it, you know, back when it released in the original Game Boy. I remember playing it on the the 3DS. I remember, so this seems to really resonate with people, and it definitely feels like a game that, that has kind of stuck somewhere in you. I, I think that part of the, the the resonance is that in in a world today that our kids are growing up in, right, like, it is not unheard of for there to be an expansive, on-the-go adventure or role-playing game right 
Uh, but back in that day, back in 93, when it was just the Game Boy, it was absolutely not the norm. And for there to be a game that, and I've seen a lot of, a lot of flack for this game over the last couple of days when reviews started to come out, not from reviewers, but from armchair quarterbacks who want to say mm. like, oh, it's just 10 to 15 hours. It's not worth $65. Well, maybe not if you're just doing it on hours, right? But mm. look at the love put into the game and look into probably the fact that Nintendo doesn't ever really do a remake like this and not add something extra. Hint, hint, Metroid Zero Mission. Uh, you know, there's there's been other instances of Nintendo adding a, a Samus Returns, adding extra stuff into the game. Uh, even if they didn't, I don't care. Uh, this has like this, I, I know that it's purely mining the nostalgia vein here, but that like just going back to '93 and being 13 years old and playing this, and like you, there's seven dungeons in this game right? There's an expansive world to explore. There's characters to meet that was unheard of on the game board. And so I think that's why a lot of people have stuck with it for so long, but also because it's, it's a fantastic game. It, it legitimately holds its own even today, even if you were just playing the game boy version on virtual console, it still holds its own as a fantastic game. Right. Absolutely. Uh, for those of you that are watching us in the chat, I actually did find our uh, our Link's Awakening Retro Rewind key art that Adam Leonard did for us uh, several years ago, and we did this one. So I'm gonna, you know, what we're well, gonna do? We're in. Did you not see it? Well, well, I see it, but the people watching on YouTube doesn't because the way I have the pieces. Uh, okay. no so we're gonna release it on Twitter, band. right? We're we're actually yeah. gonna we're gonna throw it to our, uh, our our fantastic Patreon focus. What we're gonna do. That's what make we're sure, going to do. Make sure they get a copy of that. So the go over to patreon.com backslash YouTube should see the, should see the And you now. can get your own downloadable copy of this fantastic art. And it really is cool. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, we should throw some of that older other stuff out too sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, how about you? Any any fond memories of this one? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, the same as Marty. I played the, 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 the original version on the Game Boy. I don't remember if I ever beat it. Because I, I have no memory of it, uh, I didn't play the DX version until we did the retro rewind, and uh, that one I did finish, and I'm looking forward to playing it. So the, playing the Switch version, and <clears throat> excuse me, I think the uh, the dungeon creator will add a little bit more play time to it. Yeah. The, oh yeah, that's going to be sweet. Looks like there's multiple Good. challenges, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, and again, guys, so we're going to have more of our coverage, obviously, uh, after we get our hands on it. We uh, we did not get a re early access review copy, and a lot of other outlets did. We did not. That's okay. Uh, but do expect to see some unboxings from, uh, from, ba -ba -ba -ba, from Gary. He's got the UK Deluxe version coming. Wow. Um, I've got the North American one, uh, Marty, you've got some Amiibo that you're going to do in sort. So, and if you guys are looking for our coverage of the game and our information, just stay tuned. And we have got more and more. Uh, I do know right now, I think Metacritic is scoring an 85 to 90, which is great. A lot of, a lot of high scores. Um, I think this is definitely going to be class. I'm looking forward to it. 
Now, speaking of, again, stuff to look forward to tomorrow and, again, being poor, ladies and gentlemen, the Nintendo Switch Lite hits hits out tomorrow. Early reviews are coming in for us and a lot of high praise as well. Marty, you are the only one on the team that's actually going to be picking this up. So let's talk about what made you pull that trigger to actually go for the Nintendo Switch Lite. Uh, an 11-year-old girl. An 11-year-old girl. Yeah, uh, so... Like, I would love to sit here and tell you all that my whole family is uh, gamers, that we are the Nintendo family, and we are not. I would be lying to you. Uh, My son and I (laughs) love video games. My wife tolerates video games for Lego and puzzle games. My daughter uh, really can't care less. You know, uh, she couldn't care less about the 2DS that she's had for like the last three or four years. But when she saw the Nintendo Switch Lite, she has been begging uh, for one. And um, we, you know, talked about it and discussed it. And she, you know, was pretty much saying, yeah, this is I'm I'm really into this. Um, She would play it more handheld than she would on a TV because we do have a TV upstairs where the kids are. um, But. It's not in either of their bedroom. It's in the guest bedroom. And mostly, honestly, my son and daughter play handheld, or my son plays handheld most of the time, too. Like, if he docks it, it's on the TV in the living room. Um, And so she's just really been into it since the the whole reveal trailer and everything. And so I figure this is the shot, right? Like, this is it. She really, really loves the... um, the little friends game with the dogs and the cats. And so she's been saving up some money to get that on her system. And we have two just dance games that she really likes. And, uh, she is super excited too, for Disney Tsum Tsum festival that's coming out. Sure. Uh, toward the end of this year. And so those will be things that she will pick up and play. Uh, I did also order her a, um, a case and a, you know, of course a screen protector for it. As well, but it'll be interesting to see. We're going to do a uh, father-daughter unboxing of it uh, when she is available tomorrow, and that should be a lot of fun. Um, but I'm like, I'm kind of curious too. Uh, see, I, like I saw a display box at uh, GameStop earlier this week, and uh, I was really caught off guard by the by the display box. I don't know if you guys have seen one. Uh, I've only seen the the promotional ones that they have at Seven Eleven to help you buy Slurpee cups. Right, but do you, <laughs> I mean, is it the same one that uh, was shown off in some of the art and and yeah. photos? So the reason I was taken off guard by it, in and Justin can probably speak to this too. It looks an awful lot like how they package the 3ds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, you're if you bought a Switch, you know it's a big. Uh, kind of thick, but not really rectangular box, yeah, right? Like There's that big. Yeah, probably about two feet by one and a half feet. Um, this is square. Yeah. Um, it's very, uh, very short, very compact. And I think just by holding it at GameStop kind of gives you a, a good sense of how the system is going to feel in your hands. Not because it's big and blocky, but because of just the actual dimensions of it, I guess. Yeah, 
Yeah, I would say this. I think I think if you need to return your flip flops back to Walmart, you could use a Nintendo Switch Lite box. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it looks like a <laughs> very a small shoebox. That's box. a great way of saying it. Yeah, very, very small shoebox. Yeah. Um and so like all that's in the box, y'all, is a Nintendo Switch Lite and a charging cable. Yeah. Uh charge plug. So don't be expecting a whole lot, but we'll we'll go through all of that when we unbox it. Uh, of note, I think it's important to to mention this. I don't know if it's Kotaku or IGN. Uh, maybe it was Kotaku retreat, retweeting something from IGN or pointing it out. I don't know. Uh, they have tried to plug the Switch Lite into a portable dock, and no, it does not broadcast to the TV. Yeah, no, that was that was part of the guts they, they pulled out of that one for sure. So. Right. Which although was my thoughts when this thing whole, it, whole thing started. I mean, it's although it's it's really just a port, right? That that makes it process through a USB cable to the yeah. HDMI. So I, I I still don't know why it can't happen, but I get it. I get why it's not happening. I get it because they want all of those mobile Pokemon players to swap over before Pokemon comes out this year. Yeah, or to swap over with the Pokemon edition, they want them, and they also want those sweet, sweet portable Animal Crossing players yeah. next March. Oh, that's can, exactly why the Nintendo Switch Lite exists. You can guarantee, right? And, and if someone wants to take a, you know, in our Discord, uh, you know, Justin makes a bet, uh, they're going to have a Animal Crossing Nintendo Switch Lite available at launch of animal crossing that has like the the decals of animal crossing on it it's like a no-brainer um i I am not willing to take that to be against you on that wager no anyone anyone (laughs) either come at me bro come at me who wants to bet again no that's that's like almost like the ball is already in the hoop yeah exactly come on so yeah, it'll be it'll be I'm I'm going to be I'm fat, you know, and we know kind of, you know, business Justin, right? I'm fascinated to see what the sales rate on this is going to be. Um, you know, how is this going to pace? Is this number going to be almost proportionally equal to how we would see a popular um home console versus a handheld actual market i'm gonna make a prediction here and it's a business prediction it's not a bet just a prediction so if i'm right you can just say yay go marty high five yeah uh they will sell as many switch lights this christmas as they sell regular switches i think during the holidays period it'll probably sell more just because of a hundred dollar discount i'm saying like i'm like after the dust clears from Christmas and the end of the year, it's going to, it may not be the exact same number, but it's going to be close. So you're saying in the time, so in the time period, right. Of Christmas, they're going to sell equal or very close to the same number of OG switches uh, versus switch light. Yes. Okay. And, and, and for two reasons, number one, I think that some people, a lot of people who have a switch, are going to dive in with holiday money and buy one for their kids because it's going to be the low cost alternative to get your own switch kid. Please let me play mine. The second reason is <laughs> uh, that kids are going to say, mommy, daddy, I want to switch. And guess what parents are going to do? They're going to buy the cheaper one. Right. Yeah. Which is why I'm thinking yeah. that because it's going to be, conf- and it's going to be confusing. Yeah. And I, and, and, 
That's why I'm thinking in the same six-week period, I think the light will outsell the, the normal one. May not, so not Black, significantly. Black Friday to New Year's. Maybe a, like a 60-40. Like a you know, I don't... Yeah, and the and the other the other part of that you have to remember is just that just that pass through rate with um the light Pokemon edition, right? Specifically, right. that you know, like that's going to sell gangbusters. We'll probably oh, yeah. never yeah, know yeah, the I, answer I, to this you question. Know, I, I... Sorry, we'll, we'll probably never know the answer to this question. I and we'll, the the earliest that we may know anything will be when they start talking about fiscal end numbers in April, uh, and then. We did. There's no guarantee they'll even split them. They'll just say 50 million switches around the out there. Okay. All right. Here's where here's we're gonna do completely unscientifically. For anyone who listens to this podcast, who works at like an EB Games or a GameStop or Best the Electronics Buy. Division Best Buy, that you is there if if you are able to like do like a small sample group like let's after the switch light comes out right so like for a week that you work every single time a switch light is sold you you mark down switch light and then if there's a normal switch you, you write down normal switch and we'll just like keep like a running tally and then again i'm not saying it's super scientific but i wonder if we'd actually be able I to I think this is the it. definition of the opposite of that I know. I, I, <laughs> hey, listen i'm trying to go with a solution cuz nintendo ain't going to give me the numbers all right right i am interested uh, in these numbers too so yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting though. But I here's the thing though, Marty. I don't think Nintendo's going to shy away from the fact that once they once these once they have the numbers that they're going to share the numbers because I think they're going to be quite good. Um, but I also don't think you're too wrong. I think that I think that I think you might be right on this one. Wow, that would be a shocker. I know. I'm I'm also I'm also uh, scared of that. So, but all right, folks, that is a Nintendo Switch the debut of business, know. Marty. I know, right? New way to go business, Marty. Uh, let us know, <laughs> folks, uh, if you if you're getting the switch light, let us know in the comments. Let us know a color. Uh, send us send us pictures of you open them tomorrow, opening it tomorrow. Uh, maybe opening with your kids. Maybe what send us a video of like what your first thoughts are, impressions are. But we want to hear how are you liking the Nintendo Switch Lite. Craig says, Come. "Rub that crystal ball, Nintendo dramas." I know, right? Uh, a couple more quick headlines we're going to talk about. Just make sure you're aware of some new game releases and announcements. We're going to run through this relatively quick. Luigi's Mansion 3 paid DLC gets announced. Uh, that is actually coming out. Well, we don't know the paid DLC is coming out, but Luigi's Mansion 3 is now available for pre-purchase. If you have your vouchers or you want to use it now, go over to the Nintendo eShop. It is coming out on October 31st. The perfect game to be playing with the kids after you come back with some trick-or-treat sweetness. Sit down, play some Luigi's Mansion. Man, I am stoked for that one. Our uh, our big burly beard, Mr. Jesse Waldack, is excited for this because Dragon Quest Trilogy hits a Nintendo Switch September seventh, or sorry, September twenty seventh. Is Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest two, and Dragon Quest three. Jesse, I'm going to give you a moment and talk to us about how much you love Dragon Quest. Just a little bit, yeah. I've <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I, 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 done. Moving on. I, I've only played. I haven't finished them all, but I've played every Dragon Quest that has come out in North America. So you're pretty excited for these then? Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to replay Dragon Quest One because I'm playing it now on Game Boy Color, but I'll yeah. definitely plan on hitting two and three. That's awesome. It was interesting. I was just reading uh, how the extra life, extra life, how the video, how Jap, Jap, Japan, Japan saved the video game industry. 
Uh, it's a book. I have to take the photo of the book. Been reading it. Basically, they're actually just talking about uh, about Dragon Quest in the book. Interestingly enough, uh, when Nintendo was when when Dragon Quest was being released in North America, so it was very interesting timing. Uh, Neo Cab, the game where you get to play as a futuristic Uber driver, uh, hopefully for star ratings and not getting murdered by your cabbie or by your um, drivers, comes out on October third. Killer Queen Black available October eleventh, two thousand nineteen. Uh, I've played this at PAX and I played it at a couple barcades. I absolutely love this. I know Marty, you and I are also preloaded for this as well. Um, I'm also preloaded. If you're all about having people over to your place, playing some crazy games, maybe you like games like Towerfall, Killer Queen Black is probably going to fall right into that one as well. That was uh, Before we move on, there was a little conversation on Twitter last week about it. There, cause it sounds like in order to play eight players, you need two Switches. Yep. And p- people were wondering, you know, well, you'll need two TVs if you have a big group. And I said, well, you can still, because during the actual gameplay, both sides see the same screen. So yep. all eight people can still share the big one big monitor once they're set up. They just need their individual switches to do this, the controller config. Yeah, yeah, that definitely could work. Uh, when I played it at a barcade, it was two big screens back to back. And yeah, four that's, players that's the way it was. It was no five players, was, five players uh, aside in the arcade version. Yeah, at EGX as well. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons game originally released on September 24th is delayed and organized into bundles. That's Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Two, and Plan Escape. Torment and Ice Wind uh, is going to be delayed <laughs> until October 15th. A couple other things to make your attention aware of as we get through this. Overwatch comes with a three months of Nintendo Switch Online. That's October 15th. Uh, I know both Marty and I are preloaded for that as well. Ring Fit Adventure, October 18th. Romancing uh, Saga 3, November 11th. And Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remaster Edition comes out January 23rd, 2020. Uh, so we have got lots of games hitting your radar, uh, folks. If there's some that we missed in there, I apologize. Let us know as well. Uh, a couple other final things I want to talk about. Super Nintendo controllers for the Nintendo Switch Online were available, made available in North America for uh, $29.99 USD, limit of four, and sold out real fast. Uh, did they come back a little bit later? Did they come back? Okay. Did you guys get yours? Okay. I got I, mine in the first round. I ordered two. I just got one. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was hoping. Yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping that they would do a double pack, like mm. they did with the NES controllers. Yeah. But I guess the feedback from the NES controllers was, I wish we could just buy one, and that's <laughs> why they've done it this way. See, I, I I don't remember if we talked about this in the show or not, uh, but the Europe European version of this is only limit one. Yes. And I think that's to prevent the scalping market because that has the color, the Super Famicom colors instead of the North yep. American purple, shades of purple. And if Europeans could buy more than one, I would say, hey, Gary, buy one for me, please. You know, I <laughs> yeah, love the, the color scheme, but I would miss the concave buttons. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think when I set up one of my accounts, I may have set up my EU account to be able to register for that. So I think I might have access to be able to get an EU color one that I may have sent to Gary and then have Gary internationally ship it to me. Yeah. <sighs> you have to, I think you have to have be paying for your NSO subscription through ah, your, your EU account to qualify. Son of, of course a you do. Jack. Of course you do. Maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll have to try and, I don't know, finagle 
who else do I know on that side of the pond? Who Honestly, I would rather, I would rather have the Japanese version. And the Ooh. reason being is that I just, I love the font that says super Famicom. Sure. I, I just, I like it's, it's nice and clean and doesn't lean weird. Like yep. the super Nintendo. Uh, but no, I mean like I'm, I'm just thankful to have gotten the one. I admit that the, the NES controllers that I have, I don't use very often. You know, I mean, they're, they're more novelty than anything. Um, I mean, they're fun to play with, but really, did I need them? No. Yeah. Especially but, with the, uh, with the eight bit do, uh, SN 30 plus. Yep. Because, uh, which is, a, I mean, it's a fantastic controller. Um, yeah. but I mean, there's just something about that form factor of the original, um, super Nintendo controller and NES controller. Like I want those. And just to be honest, if they go further from here with virtual console or online, whatever, uh, the controllers are going to become more necessary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, I mean, you can do the stuff that the N64 controller does, but it won't feel right. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to need to figure that out. Same thing for GameCube. I mean, GameCube, maybe not. But you would need analog triggers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hopefully, if, if, you were, if you're a person who was wanting to pick that up, hopefully you've been able to. I know I haven't ordered mine yet. Um, I thought I was going to be fine to use the one I picked up uh, with my... Uh, a Super NES Mini, but I realized afterwards that I was dumb and bought the one that required the Bluetooth adapter that you put into the front of it, and that Bluetooth adapter or is different than the regular adapter, yeah. so I'm a complete idiot, and I have to go get it. doesn't one. fit. No. Hey, but think, speaking of things that might not fit and seem a bit odd, Jesse, this week, new Pokemon stuff was announced for Sword and Shield. You're our resident Pokemon master, what is going on? Because I saw the internet go really weird on some interesting memes with a thing with a big stick. Yeah, they announced a new po- a new uh, Galar Pokemon evolution of Farfetch'd called Surfetch'd. So it's okay. basically just a taller duck that's white holding a sword and shield, and the sword is like a uh, similar to Far- Farfetch'd Leak, but it goes up about like twice the height of his body. Right. And so the only uh, more information has probably been released, but I forgot to look for it. The only thing that I know is he is a fighting type, which is a change over what I think Farfetch was just normal. Maybe. Okay. I don't ask me. I don't remember. Do not ask me. So, yeah, he's a fighting type. He has the ability of steadfast. But again, we don't know what that means yet. And he is only available on the sword version of the game, which tells me there's probably going to be something similar on the shield version. It'll be yeah. exclusive because they do that to incentivize trade incentivize trading, but they haven't announced what that is yet. Okay. Yeah. You read my mind on that question. Cause I was like, so what's going to be, the, what's the sword or shield equivalent? Cause here's the thing. I've decided to go with shield. I'm not double dipping. We ain't doing this, but I'm going with shield because one of the gym leaders is like that weird goth kid who looks frightening. And I'm like, that's the reason I'm going to buy that one, just because. Oh yeah, I love the I love the 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 shield version. And look, why did they not just go ahead and put out the information for both 
exclusive Pokemon. Oh, like, just, Marty, this... come on. Don't ask that question. You know how hype cycles work. Uh, this does seem like it's still a weird hype cycle because we're... This, this we're has s- been a very strung out, drawn out... Oh, I think we lost them again. But yes, we're, we're two months out, and we still don't know what the starters evolution look like, which is fine. I actually don't. I'd rather they not tell us and have us figure yeah. it out on our own. Uh, Marty's trying to come back, but it's not working. Well, I think that's what's going on. All right, we we haven't heard you for the last minute and a half, there, Marty. Oh. Okay, sorry. Uh, Well, that may have just been over here talking to myself. No, I was just saying it's been this really long, strung out, drawn out, like percolator drip of info. And just being honest, like I'm not, maybe it's because I'm not like the most biggest Pokemon fan, but like this whole Pokemon news is getting released today every month is really annoying. Like it, like, just do a couple of directs and be done with it. I I don't know. Like, and I'm like with you, like with the starters, we've known evolutions way before now. Yeah. For for these. Like, like Sun and Moon, we knew at least level one evolutions, right? Usually, yeah. So, again, if they haven't told us by now, I hope they don't tell us at all. They just let us fi- find out for ourselves. And kind of a lot of people are kind of related. You know, they usually have a Pokemon representative of the current generation in Smash. While I don't think it'll be a Smash like the the fifth fighter in the in the Fighters Pack, I think one of the future DLCs probably will be the final evolution. Of one of the one right because we had we had in we had Incineroar in Smash Ultimate from Litten? yes yep and then we had Sun and Moon and Greninja Ah, ah, who knows Pokemon stuff this guy right I see you like a dragon in the chat you're like oh it doesn't know Pokemon Uh, see I know something I think Greninja Greninja for X and Y which means we're due for a we're due for a grass level two evolution. Or Smash, which means it's going to be Grookey's second evolution, which sucks because everyone knows that Sobble is way better than Grookey. Fight me. I don't care. All right. So either which way, some more Pokemon (laughs) information. All good stuff. We'll slowly drip this. Mecha Dragon Uh, says you pass, Justin. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we have got some other really quick events I want to talk about, and then we're going to jump into some um, some reader mail, some questions, a little bit of what we've been playing. Uh, some quick events to make sure you are aware of. Tetris 99 7th Maximus Cup Super Kirby Clash theme is available. Starts this Friday at midnight and runs until Monday at 11.59 p.m. So if you want a new... I think you get a skin for this one, right? A skin, and I think you get some of the apple things in in kirby as well so i think you get like two things here that's pretty nice i can't speak for what you get in kirby clash but yeah this will be a new theme you can unlock for getting 100 points just like the last three yeah exactly also uh mario kart north american open its contest going to run from september 22nd um at 10 a.m to 8 p.m so if you have nothing to do on sunday 
you should do this. Um, and they have an in-game code that you can jump in there. Eight winners will be determined by in-game rankings that assign points to players based on their rankings in each class they participate. The structure is pretty simple here, folks. Um, 150 CCs, no teams, normal items, no CPU, all vehicles, no smart steering, fixed period, 24 races, groups shuffled every fourth match, uh, any rating, and it is a public tournament. Winners will be notified on the 27th and will receive 250, or sorry, 2,500 <laughs> Nintendo of, gold, say, gold, gold coins, which equals about $25 um, for eShop credit. So if you're looking for something to do this Sunday, you're done with Link's Awakening, why don't you jump in and play some Mario Kart? I love the fact they're doing this tournament. This is great. All right. Uh, let's jump into... Should we do what we've been playing real fast? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want to miss this, uh, this challenge from... Um, from uh, if we ran Nintendo as well, so let's do if we uh, sorry let's do the what we've been playing and then we'll come back to this. Marty, kick us off. What you been playing? So I have been f- finishing up Astral Chain, um, which I have super thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, it has been fantastic. Uh, in every sense of the word, it's, it is a, it's a masterpiece from top to bottom. Like seriously, like I, and I don't use that lightly, uh, cause we're in a, we're in a, a, a world right now where we're, we have a brand new Zelda game or a brand new to some people's Zelda game coming out. Uh, and we've had, we've got Luigi's Mansion three coming out by the end of the year. And I think, I think that at this point, uh, of September of 2019 that I can say that Astral Chain is my Nintendo game of the year. Wow. Uh, it is really good. And if you're sleeping on it, please, please don't. Uh, I really would love to see a continuation of this franchise. It, um, it has it all. I mean, there's a ton of action. The voice acting is excellent in this game. The story is actually comprehensible which for a platinum game you know is a is a pretty good feat (laughs) um and it's just i mean it's been fun like even the side missions that you end up doing Mm -hmm. um don't feel shoehorned in they feel natural yeah uh and i like i have to applaud it for uh for well for lots of reasons but one of the big reasons is is that it manages uh something that i i don't i see a lot of games try but they don't do well. And that is uh, genre shifting moments in the game. Right. Where uh, you're playing one type of game and then all of a sudden you're playing another one. Uh, this is, uh, this is if Bayonetta became a police officer and actually had investigations. Cause there's mm-hmm. actually moments in the game where you are in the mid, like you've just had like a really intense action chapter. And then the next chapter is let's go solve a mystery guys. Mm-hmm. And every bit of it is just fantastic. And that's, what's held me to the end. Uh, I will probably finish it up tonight after this podcast, because I can't quit playing it. Nice. Um, and it's not a, it's not a, uh, an, a, a time intensive game. I think you can, uh, how to, uh, uh, how long to beat says it's, uh, 20 hours and I will yeah, probably it, have put that in by the end of the game. feels like every chapter is about an hour 
an hour and yeah. ten minutes ish. Well, um, now hang on. It's 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 really based on how much you put in it. Yeah, if yeah. You want to I mean, find all the the red shift and clean it up, and you want to yeah. uh, do all of the blue missions and all of the red missions, and you want to find every chest. Uh, then You're yes, more time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm using the approach of like I'm not actively searching for the for the blue missions, but if I happen to run into one, like I'll do it. It's there in my yeah. way, and uh, I'm not actively trying to find all the red, um, the red shift. But happen to uh, if I flip over and I see it, I'll grab it. Right, but again, I'm not being <laughs> I'm not being you know you know. And one thing I'm not seeing about this game that I, I think is a shame is that like I, I'm. I'm not seeing a whole lot of people talk about the design work in this game, like the design of the characters and even the enemies and uh, things like that. Uh, and I love the fact that they put you in the middle of this city, right? That feels alive. And there are definitely boundaries that you can't go to, but they make it uh, not so obtrusive, right? Like it's not, they're not just like out there. Uh, you still have a ton to explore and a ton to do and you can waste time just doing side missions or you can go on toward the end. And that's kind of where I'm at is like, I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to, I'm ready to, to, to end sure. it. I'm ready to be done. Um, probably won't 100% this game, but it, if I didn't, let me, let me rephrase that. I probably won't 100% the game because there's so much else on my plate. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, there if you was were, if not, you were in, then I would dive in, in and do the whole thing. Yeah. If you were in a I drought would, season right now, you'd be grand. Because it's enjoyable. I will say there is one negative about the game that I found. And that is um, they try to, in the later chapters, uh, you're you're going, you're shifting between the city setting and the astral plane a lot. And they get into this kind of idea that they should have made a 3D platformer. Mm. And um, Justin knows, because he's played it, there's not a native jump button. You have to, you have to use your legion... Uh, which is the, you know, the demon or whatever, the alien that's chained to you. Uh, you have to use it to to pull you across gaps, right? And what ends up happening is uh, it works great, except for if you double tap the right stick in any direction, your legion zooms that direction. Well, when you're trying to finesse to a point on a, like a moving square, <laughs> <laughs> that you're trying to jump to, you'll end up thinking you're about to jump and you'll end up throwing yourself off the cliff because your guys just zoomed over here. Uh, <laughs> and when you throw yourself off a cliff, uh, it costs you like three or 400 HP. Yeah. And like I almost died one time doing this. Cause I'm like, it's not me. It's the game. It's the way they made this goofy double flick to send it flying thing. And I, ugh, I, did yeah, not like that. There, there's a spot, and I saw it on, on Twitter. I think one of our one of our listeners had posted. There's a spot after you get the um, the dog legion or the whatever you want to call that thing. Yes, the um, beast. And in a beast legion, you have to like run across these platforms that are falling behind you. So you need to be on it. It's the only legion that does it. That you have to like get over to this one platform, basically turn around on a very small platform with it. And then run across. And I fell off that platform. I will tell you, Marty, almost a dozen times yep. because it was like you have to line up perfectly. It doesn't turn very boost. well. Yeah, it doesn't turn very well. So it was very challenging. Um, I was, you know, and I'm, I'm reminds me of talking. Mario Odyssey when we had 
you were like on a castle wall and you stuck started a chain of music notes and you had to roll yeah. down that wall and if you fall off the wall you got to start over yeah you've got to be you got to be like perfectly <laughs> yeah. on uh, i would i would tend to agree with you i think it's a very interesting game i have been enjoying it uh, i was down in bermuda last week this was the game i played on my entire flight down there uh, i played it kind of on my when i was back in the hotel room before i went to bed an hour um and then on my flight back i i played a good chunk of it as well i find it compelling i find it enjoyable one of the things that isn't talked about very often here, and I don't know about you, Marty, I'm actually playing it on the easy mode or the casual yes. mode or whatever it is. Same here. Um, because I was getting destroyed very easily to a point that I was like, I'm not necessarily finding this enjoyable. I'm actually finding it more frustrating. So you can't get like your S ranks or your S pluses or your ratings, but I'm okay with that. Um, I find it a lot of fun. The levels feel it's at times, especially uh, in the first half of the game, very formulaic. Go to crime scene. You will do said thing in crime scene. You will then get sucked into the astral chain or the astral plane. You will need to run around, try and find what whoever you need to in the astral plane, i.e. someone's lost. You get them, and then all of a sudden the big boss shows up. You will have a big a battle with the big boss. You will re-secure uh, one of the legions. So there is a for, there's formulaicness to it at times. It's like, okay, I know exactly like I know how long this is gonna take me-ish. Um not saying it's a bad thing. Like every game is formulaic, but I definitely did find I was like, okay, the early chapters, yes, rinse but and repeat as, that way. As the the onion of the story begins to be peeled, yes. there is a lot more. And and y'all, there there's like there's some super cool payoff moments in this yep. game. Like um, I'm at a point now. I'm in file ten. There's twelve files in the game. Eleven is like the last action chapter. Um, Twelve is like a epilogue that wraps everything up that you yeah. find uh, at the end of the game. Um, like at this point, I'm so comfortable with the controls that just like the fighting is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and being able to switch between all the different legions, I have all five now. Yeah. Um, and so you get this last legion and, and kind of late in the game. Um but, like, I was really, too, like, the depth of the story, like, you know, it could have just been, like, a bunch of aliens and police mm -hmm. running around, killing each other. But yeah. they actually have, like, it it has some some humanity to it and yeah. as well. And so I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's really one of those things that I, you kind of want to pull back and say, like, tell me more. Like, yes. And there is, and there is like, you can go into files and you can read a bunch, bunch of file notes there and you can kind of talk to a lot of the NPCs. And you can kind of build that understanding of it. But you're like, this is – I find it very compelling. It's very interesting. I, I seriously hope that we do see a sequel. Um, and I know there was talk of potentially being a trilogy. I'm very impressed with it. Um, so I thought, well done. I will go on a limb here, and I never say this about a series, but I would watch an anime of this. Mm, yeah. I would. Yeah. And, like, I can see it very, very easily becoming that. I would watch it if it, if it came out as an anime. But, yeah, I'm not yeah. – you, you know, you know my history yeah. with uh, platinum, platinum games. games. Yeah, the, uh, the, and to be honest, Jesse, I'm, casual I'm not a mode is, is pretty forgiving. <laughs> what was that? Uh, saw that one casual, at a time. Casuals forgiving there, Marty. Oh, that, I was saying the casual mode is is fairly forgiving. It's yeah. not it's not hand holdingly baby babyish, but it it is pretty forgiving. Yeah, I'd agree. Well done. Uh, so that's Astral Train. We've both been playing that one, apparently. Yes. Uh, Marty, what else have you been playing? I picked up one of my favorite games 
uh, of the last, uh, I guess, 10 years. And that is, uh, and I was so jazzed when they announced this castle crashers remastered, uh, came out on the switch this week. Um, and y'all like, I can't say anything else about it that hasn't already been said, but I did say for a long time, like when the switch launched, I was like, this would be a perfect system for castle crashers. This would be perfect. Just break off a joy con play together because you don't have, it's not like super button heavy in, in all that you do. And they finally did it and it's, and they added stuff to it that probably was added in the remaster that was released a few years ago on Xbox one and everything. But I just missed it because I didn't know, right. I don't have an Xbox one. So, uh, it's still castle crashers. If you've ever played it, uh, if not, uh, it is a side scrolling beat up with tons of humor, great art style. Sound is superb. Tons of unlockable characters. Um, and leveling up and, you know, adjustable skill tree traits and things like that. It's, just, it, it's super good. It, it's super cool. And I have the, I have the orange Knights from, from castle crushers as a toy that came out in the very big, like right after the game came out, the behemoth did like a super limited run of castle crushers toys. And I, I love orange. So I got that one. Um, and it's it's a, a lot great, of fun. It's, it's a, and, and Marty, correct me if I'm wrong. It's another great example. It's not like a tower fall, right? Where it's a great party game. And you have people over. Oh yeah, yeah. And and two, another thing too. Great, great to play with the kids. It is a little bit cartoonishly violent, cartoon gore, mm-hmm. um, and it does have some bathroom humor. Sure. Uh, like at one point, you are escaping from a giant cat demon thing that's chasing you. And one of the characters is riding a deer with diarrhea that propels itself with its own poop. Sure. Oh, so, yeah. About so, right. I mean, it's, you know, but I, like it's nothing more than what most kids see on Cartoon Network. nowadays. Yeah, exactly. So um, lots of lots of fun party game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because it's it's literally it's it's two attack buttons and a jump button. Yeah. And like it's so easy to pick up uh, and play. However, I will mention this. There is a uh, problem with the Switch version that I do want to mention, and that is if you play local multiplayer, uh, unless uh, you know what you're doing, the progress on characters two through four will not be saved uh, to different slots. It will all Mm. be saved under one character. So, like, if you are, like, say you've got multiple profiles on your Switch, Mm. uh, you could play with those multiple profiles. Uh, and carry that data over into the profile for the for the characters leveling up. You have to do that by holding down the Y button on the characters oh. screen. Because oh. down at the bottom, under under like on the character, you will see your name, like your account name. Okay, you know, Dad's Marty. That's me. Yeah. So if uh, my son has an account on there that he's playing with as well, uh, he can use a character and level them up for his game while he's playing with me. He just has to hold down the Y button and change the account. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. But it doesn't say anything about that in the, they're, they're going to, they're going to patch that in. Okay. Good, good pro tip. That's what I've been playing. 
Okay. Speaking of another game that maybe you want to play with your kids, that's maybe not a cat with uh, propelling diarrhea. Uh, I had an opportunity to play Super Kirby Clash uh, with my daughter uh, Morgan yesterday. We only played about half an hour of it. You can catch it over on our Twitch channel. Uh, it's available there. I've also put it up on our YouTube channel. Uh, but she is a fan of Kirby, and this is obviously a free game or free-to-start game released from Nintendo. Uh, and we just had a lot of fun with it. Just a super approachable Easy three-button process to play. Great side-by-side couch co-op. Uh, you know, kind of, it's a it's a monster game, right? You go straight to the bosses. You have three minutes to defeat the monster the best times you can. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I I was disappointed we had to close the stream early, but it was um, it was absolutely great. Um, again, so if you're looking for a, an approachable game, it's it's my Morgan's nine years old. I had a fun time playing with it. It you know. If you're looking forward to Dauntless, this is Dauntless Junior Kirby Kirby Edition uh, as you kind of prepare to tackle big monsters in the Kirby universe. So I would highly recommend this. It's a great game for kids. And again, if it can go up to four players locally. There's an online function as well. Uh, it's free. It ain't no skin off your back. Do you know what I mean? There is some microtransaction components of it, but it's more like, hey, if you want to speed up this process, pay a little bit. But um, nothing that I found was really too arduous. Uh, and I think it's a good opportunity just to kind of relax and do something different. Um, I will say it led to one of the funniest moments that has been caught on stream. I don't know if Jesse, you were on the stream for this point. Uh, she says, we're getting ready to play. And she goes, uh, Kirby's my favorite because he's chubby like me. <laughs> and that was that was I was just like, what? What? Uh, and, and just, out of, you know, out of the mouth of babes. So it was it was pretty hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, guys, Super Kirby Clash uh, is a ton of fun. Check that one out. Jesse, tell hey. me about Dragon Quest. So I've been continuing my playthrough of, of Dragon Quest One, uh, playing on the Game Boy Color, and so I did part was it part three of my stream last night. After part two, I decided I needed to grind a little bit more to get more levels, get more money in order to buy the better armor. Once I had the better armor. Then I had the best sword and the best armor I could have in the game up to this point so that I can go on to advance the story or move to other areas I haven't been to yet. So, started the stream. Bought the... Okay, so at this point I have uh, Iron Shield Silver Sword Silver Armor equipped. And because of it's a Game Boy game, the names are limited in space, so the work the describer is in word and what it is, is like a symbol. So like all the sheets. So I saw a little icon for shield or sword or armor. So I bought the magic armor that I wanted to sell the magic armor. I sold, I mean, I wanted to sell the silver armor, but I mistakenly sold the silver sword instead, but I didn't notice this. So after this, I go into battle against this dragon to save the princess that you were told about at the very start of the game. I win, but after the fact, I realize I did that barehanded. I have no sword in my hand because I sold it earlier. Nice. So uh, I ended up finding, you know, finding another city where I got the secrets that I needed to, the, the hints that I needed to get the Erdrich's 
uh, I forget what they call it, like a, a proof of my leniency. Mm. And then to get the the Erdrich's armor, they call it Lodo armor because space limitations it was had it shrunk down to four bytes. But so um, I'm, I found and in this city sells a better shield and a better sword. But I'm grinding twenty five thousand gold in order to buy them. I'm up to sixteen, I think. So I have a little more grinding to do. Then I'll do a part four of the stream, which might just finish off the game if I can get everything done. Nice. And then I want to get that game finished off before I jump into Link's Awakening. Because if I start start that, then I'm not going back to Dragon Quest. <laughs> no, probably not, eh? Then I also wanted to add, uh, during the, the second stream, I had problems with my controller. I was using like a, a third-party knockoff NES controller connected to my Retron 5, mm-hmm. which you know has the NES port in it, so it was designed for an NES. But I had controller problems. Ebisol suggested I look into the 8-bit dose. So I picked up an 8-bit Doe SN30 Pro Plus. I nice. think this is the same one Marty has. It or... is. I just have the Game Boy version. Okay, so this is this is the one that is compatible with the Switch directly if I wanted it to. But I also picked up the the Super Nintendo Retro... What do they call it? Ret, ret, now I forget what they call it. So basically, it's a, it's a Bluetooth receiver that plugs into the Super Nintendo port you know, of a Super Nintendo or anything that has a similar port. So there's in the Retron 5, there's also Super Nintendo ports. So when I did part three of the stream, I used this controller and that, and it worked very well. I'm liking this controller. I almost nice. debated not buying the Super Nintendo controllers through the NSO, but I'm like, no, I still want them. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and the other thing I see here, uh, playing a little bit of Tetris 99 there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Waldak. Yeah, I didn't play every day, but I've been trying to play as much as uh, a little bit every day to get the tickets to unlock yeah. new themes. I first unlocked the, the Zelda theme. I made a small video showing that once I unlocked it. I've since unlocked Donkey Kong theme. I want to make a video on that. Haven't done it yet. And then the next, I think I have five tickets now for the next one. Uh, I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to unlock the Super Nintendo, uh, the Super Mario theme. After nice. that, the themes aren't any game specific game related. They're more just generic things. Like here's yeah. a here's a schoolwork theme. Like who cares? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was I was the same with you. I got, I jumped in there when those came out, and I got the Donkey Kong Country one right away, or sorry, the Donkey Kong one right away. Uh, and then you'll, to your point, the only ones, other ones that caught my attention was obviously Zelda and then Mario, right? So after I get those ones, I'm probably going to be like, well, until you get some new, you know, Nintendo-themed right. themes in here, I'm not going to really be working, probably. Yeah, the, the, each theme costs 15 tickets. You can get four tickets a day, two by, per, by playing the main game, and the other two require DLC play. So if you haven't bought the DLC, you don't have access to those. Yeah, and of course, don't forget that we do have a theme this weekend for Kirby as well, right? right. You can see that in the chat. Ibisel called that out. Cool. All right. Well, so those are some games we've been playing. So let's jump into our community spotlight. Do it. So we're going to start off with this one. This is a very interesting, different community spotlight. 
So our fantastic community manager, Timothy Alf, uh, decided to ask and challenge the team over at If We Ran Nintendo on their episode 166 uh, and asked Bobby and Sean the following question that says, I want to propose it now to the Nintendo dads. So the question from them, uh, Tim asks, since you're in charge, the board of directors are looking to you for a suggestion on how Nintendo can diversify its product portfolio. If you ran Nintendo, what would you suggest? What would your suggestion be? Do you buy another company? Do you create a new product outside of a video game? Maybe you buy Sharp and get in the surplus uh, business? Or is this a question best suited for business, Justin? Well, first and foremost, Tim, of course it's best suited for business, Justin, not for Tom or not for Bobby or Sean, because they're horrible people who don't know what they're doing. Also, I don't listen to If We Ran Nintendo, because from what I understand, it's a hot piece of trash in the summer. All right, so here we go, moving oh, on. Here's where we need that hot take audio that you told me about. Hot take! Uh, <laughs> so, guys, uh, let's kind of chat about this. If we ran Nintendo, right, what would we tell Nintendo to do? We tell them to purchase anything, purchase a new company, diversify. What do you think? New product? My thoughts are to... You know, we've heard rumors of like live-action Zelda show on Netflix off mm-hmm. and on for years you know, make something like that happen. Yeah. You know, we know there's an animated Mario movie in the works. I don't think, I, th- I think that's the right fit for that. We we don't want to, I don't think we want to try another live action Mario again, but a live action Zelda if done right, you know, kind of a rated T version of Game of Thrones type of a- aesthetic, yeah. I think would be great. Yeah. Marty, what about yourself? I, uh, I'll go a different route. I think a uh, strategic partnership with Apple, Mm. uh, seeing as how both companies seem to have similar mindsets when it comes to their own properties and design, I think it just makes sense. I would love to see something jointly designed by Apple and Nintendo. I don't know what that would be. Uh, I don't know if it would be like a special edition of the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like they've partnered with U2 in the past and different things like that uh, to do like the iPod. Like I'm I'm dating myself here. The the, like the Project Red iPod or the Mm -hmm. U2 edition. Yeah. And he froze. Yeah, no, I I I would tend to agree on that one. Or a new a new type of uh, way to play a video game. You know, that integrates your iPhone or something like that. Uh, maybe it's simply just making sure. And I, I think this would be counterintuitive, but I can see it being something Nintendo did, making it, uh, making their future apps iOS exclusive. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or maybe special editions of those for for iOS. But I, I don't know. Just like for a long time, I felt like here are two companies that they're they're pretty much. It's the the closest thing, you know, that like they're they're so close to each other. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to say what I was gonna say was the Apple's the American version of Nintendo, but mm-hmm. not real. Yeah, I mean because they do have the American side, but like it just seems like their values run together. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. 
So I've, I've thought a little bit about this. So my, so I am only going to go off of information that we know currently for what Nintendo is doing, right? So I believe that Nintendo has actually made some pretty strategic moves in the last little bit to actually begin to diversify their, their uh, offering, their product offering. As Jesse mentioned, we do have movies coming up very soon, right? We're now seeing them getting into the amusement parks, right? We're seeing Nintendo becoming a little bit more liberal or more... Um, okay with using their ip which i think is critical in, in where they where they currently exist do i think they need to buy another software company I, I don't think they necessarily do i don't think they need to buy monolith or or platinum i think the partnerships they have with them work really well and when you think of an acquisition think of the, the component around what value are you acquiring that you don't currently have and I don't see Nintendo not having a lot of things that they currently need to be successful. I think really what they need to be able to do is to lean more heavily into the IP that they currently have and to kind of really key up or really like frame up those nostalgia plays, which I think they do really well. Because you have two target audiences, right? You have your 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 kids who enjoy the Switch very much like our kids do, right? And then you have people like us who are mid-30s, 40s, and older who grew up and have thick nostalgia and have disposable income for these type of uh, uh, systems and ideas. So then you need to start to find ways to actually um, spread that a little bit little bit more around. Um, a couple things that, and I don't have exact answers for you, but a couple things that I think of that I'd love to see them do. I'd love to see them actually create more Nintendo stores around the world. So yeah. we do we do currently already have our, our 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 New York store, which is fantastic. We know it's kind of like this almost like this mecca that people travel to for Nintendo. But why isn't there one something like a Toronto, um, you know, major metropolises in, you know, let's say over in, in California, um, you know, a little bit more diversification. I know they have one now in Japan, but I think, again, why, you know, I think retail space is not a bad thing for them. I think within the retail space, what they then need to do, especially on the North American side, is then make a stronger digital front as well, right? So they need to actually strengthen their digital um, sales across stuff like, again, I was talking about the pre-show, Nintendo UK, I can go in there and buy my Amiibo, have it shipped to me, bang. They need to make a stronger digital presence there. One of the other things I was kind of thinking that they could they could almost do, and, and it was kind of like I thought about it originally, and then I didn't really love the idea afterwards was almost could they go into something like a GameStop or GameSpot and purchase that, strip them really almost down and make them centralize what I would call like Nintendo nostalgia, right? So you go in there and it's all Nintendo stuff. Now, here's the concern that I have about that is I think what you're doing is that you're oversaturating a market, right? If you continue, like if every corner is something Nintendo, 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 it's almost like Marvel. You become numb to it and you just don't care as much. So you, so you still need to be able to make things special. So I think that they need to uh, not purchase additional um, software or developers. I think they need to strengthen some of their current offerings. I think they need to spread some of their IP a little bit further to be able to engage. So again, I think I think to Jesse's point, a Netflix show is a great idea. That's a low-hanging fruit with a high return, right, from an actual like investment perspective. Now, one of the things that I thought would be really cool. Now, this is this is probably against everything I just said here from a business perspective. I would like to see Nintendo get into barcades. So their own bar, the Nintendo barcade. So you can show up and it's, and again, so we've talked about like the TV shows, the Netflix, the Universal Park, that's really aimed at the kiddies. 35 year olds, 40s who want to go have a couple of drinks, 
they can show up and it's all Nintendo old school Nintendo games reformatted for like four player games, eight player games. You've got on tap, you've got a couple like, you know, the Bowser beer, you've got a couple <laughs> of the warp pipe drinks, something a little bit more adulty, but still staying from familiar and friendly enough to the Nintendo brand that you're not like destroying it. Add that to a Nintendo store. Yep. Magic. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, done. That's you're that's done. like the upstairs. Upstairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Justin, I I think you're hitting on something here that I, you know, the Nintendo store itself, super important. Um, there's three of them, right? I mean, you've got New York, you've got Japan. There's a new one opening in Israel soon. Yeah, it is Israel. Um, like the the fact that that has not expanded outward, that Nintendo has a store in New York that sells exclusive Nintendo items. Basically you can't get them unless you go there. Uh, plushes and t-shirts and things like that. It blows my mind. Um, I I, like at least for the fact that it's not gone to like, you know, LA. Um, and I mean, they typically skip the flyover States, (laughs) but like, um, Portland, LA, uh, Orlando, New York, right? Yeah, like my, uh, maybe my position- long-running my long-running joke is if a state doesn't have an ocean connected to it, <laughs> they don't know it exists. Right. Well, and I mean, why not go ahead and throw a couple, like one in Chicago and one in like Austin? Yeah. That's money. That's yeah. money on the table that they're not doing. But uh, tons of good ideas here. I mean, like, that's a fantastic question and... I would love to hear what listeners think about this. Like if, if Nintendo, if you could pick one thing, surefire for Nintendo to diversify into, uh, what would it be? Yeah. 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 So yeah, folks, hopefully that is answered again. That's a little bit of business. Justin throwing the hat on, throwing some suggestions. What are you laughing at there, Jesse? Laughing at every soul. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, let's, Let's read this new email from our, our, or this email from our new patron, Russ G. Yeah. Uh, he, he says this, uh, took a trip this weekend on one of those flights where they charge you for every bit of service they can. Must have been spirit. Yeah. Spirit, uh, the microtransactions <laughs> of airlines. Yes. As a result, I had a very small carry-on bag. Switch is a very portable device, but I'm wondering why they don't offer Joy-Cons with a circle pad option. Mm. Part two of that would be as the Switch Lite is being sold, uh, as even more mobile, why not have those versus regular analog sticks? Not only would it reduce thickness, but it would add some ruggedness to the device when it's in the pocket or a very small carry-on bag. The actual question, would you like this as an option, or is there hate on for the circle pad? Is there a hate on for the circle pad that I'm not aware of, and therefore it is a stupid idea? Uh, let me Let me just say this. I personally hate the circle pad. Mm. Uh, I never liked it on the 3DS. Uh, I always felt like my thumb was constantly needing to be repositioned Mm. on it, and it just did not feel great. And so if you're going to sell me a circle pad Joy-Con, I'm sure that there's a subsection of people that, yes, that's in their wheelhouse. I would not buy that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the circle pad. Like, I don't, I don't hate it. 
But I do kind of see what he's saying. Like when you look at the nubs, kind of the, the actual Joy-Con sticking up, that definitely kind of makes it, you know, more likely to get caught on something or broken or even have some of those issues. Um, yeah, I mean, Russ, I don't mind the circle pad. Um, I, you, I think you want, when you put this question in front of me, actually, the thing that I thought of is like, man, I'd love to see them start to diversify those joy cons do you know what i mean like yeah make a make make an option where it has a circle pad make an option where it has a proper d-pad right like why are we not seeing those kind of um yeah modifications well, why are come third I, I see an issue with this oh so i i too i have i have no problem with circle pad i liked it on the 3ds and uh and you know the the uh, wii u prototype gamepad that i played was still had a circle pad on it before they turned into a joystick but you know, if you went with a, a circle pad, you lose that click. I was wondering that, and I could I didn't have my my oh, 3ds yeah. down here. I was like, do you do you could you not like somehow integrate that just underneath uh, the, like, um, the circle? You might be able to be redesigned to have a mini button in there, but yeah, that's so that would be that so that would be the thing we'd have to solve for. Yeah. Right? So, but as that's is, there's no click to it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I will say that I think that the Switch without the nubs, like with the circle pad, would look super sleek. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it would be an interesting look to see, but I also feel like it would be, I don't know, like I, I just like the stick. I'm willing to bet you like soup to nuts that some prototype Switches when they first were doing mock-ups had the, had the, uh, had that the circle pads it wouldn't surprise like, me i wouldn't be saying like the first the, couple the of prototype game, had a game pad, right used it. <laughs> yeah and there was some design decision they made so great question though russ great question absolutely uh also right, mecha yeah. dragon asks yeah. us this uh well it's a long email but this is good uh hey nintendo dads hope you had an amazing summer oh that was nice hope you did too uh my summer was busy Justin moved home. <laughs> yeah. Jesse uh, endured lots of storms. Yeah. And then other summary things. Uh, anyway, my question for you today is the following. I went back to play a little cra- cla- bleh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled on the PS4, and I keep getting my butt whooped in that game from the CPU players. Mind you, I'm playing on Classic Mode, which is supposed to replicate the difficulty of the PS1 version of the game, yet I don't remember this game being that difficult when I was a kid. Heck, I don't even think I drifted when I originally played this game as a child. Uh, I only just learned how to do it years later when I went back to the PS1 Classic on the PS3. Basically, my question for you today is, if there are any games you thought you were good at back in the day, only to see that you actually weren't all that good in the game itself. Hope that makes sense. I'm looking forward to the podcast tonight. Great question for Mecha Dragon. I think, you know, one of the games that um, struck out for me very recently, um, and I played it when it came back to to the Switch, was um, Super Mario 2. I thought I was much better at that game than I turned out being. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I was playing with the Joy-Cons. I didn't have an actual NES controller. just didn't quite feel right. But I was I was struggling. And we all know that like, Super Mario 2 is... It's one of my favorites, and I always play, and I play that game a lot. But that, I, I don't know why it just got got me. The other one I discovered also is any of the Mega Man's. I thought I was good <laughs> at those games. I am not as good as I thought. You, you, you took both my answers 
Were, oh really? Yeah, yeah. And That's too I, funny. Though I rem- I was be- good better at those games as a kid, but I just lost what I knew. Yeah. I remember I remember playing Super Mario Brothers two. I was able to beat it, never using Mario, and evenly distributing the other three characters. So when they, at the end yeah. of the game when they show you how many levels each character, it was zero seven seven seven. Nice. Oh wow. Or whatever that ended up working out to be. I forget. There's, there's twenty. There's twenty stages. So, so yeah, one of them was off by one. But yeah, so they were pretty evenly. And I knew which stage best used Peach because they had that gap that only she can pause to get a shortcut, yep. or a stage that had like a, a subcon world that had ten turnips. So I had Toad because he can pull out faster because of the time limit in there. So and, and I. I and then last time I played it, it was lousy. And then again, Mega Man 1, was, I used to be able to play through that. Now I'll have a hard time even getting to a boss. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, for me lately, it, uh, and this is sad, is uh, Contra 3 on the Super Nintendo. Uh, I got the Contra collection over the summer and found out that I am now absolutely garbage at Contra 3, where before I used to be able to go almost all the way through to the end without losing a life. Nice. And so I, it makes me sad. Like, and I just like, what I realized it is, is that Contra 3 especially is a lot of pattern memorization and where enemies come from and like at the rate they're going to fire and things like that. And uh, it makes me wish for a rewind feature. I'm sorry. I said it. Um, I, I did the other day. I'm going to tell you something I'm proud of, though, the other day. I beat Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I was just day. saying that, too, actually. That was another one game that I remember being good at um, and loving. Uh, and I'm yeah. horrible at it now. Well, I, knew, I, beat, I was never good at that game. game. That's a tough because, game, Marty. That's a tough game. I beat it because of the rewind feature on Super Nintendo Online. And I don't care. I know that's not purist. I, I don't care because I could never beat Super Ghouls and Ghosts before. And it's a fantastic game. It's a great game. Like, if you want a showcase of what the Super Nintendo could do back in the day, like with scaling and tilt and all that, man, it's getting Super Castlevania 4 super good. And I and I also found out not long ago that I'm not that good at Super Castlevania 4 anymore, mm-hmm. even though I finally did beat it. Yeah. Man, was it a journey. I, I, uh, it's my favorite Castlevanias, and and it made me sad. Yeah, I remember. I could breeze through it. Yeah, I remember Super Goals and Ghosts. That was one of the first times I ever realized that adults played video games, um, because we would go over to my a friend of my mom's house, and they had it, and we would all sit down on the couch, the kids and the adults, and pass the controller down the couch. Um, and, and take turns and go back and forth. And that was one of the first times I was over like, oh, I thought video games were just for kids, right? Or or kids that made your mom play. Do you know what I mean? But this person was like, no, like we like, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, awesome question, uh, Mecha Dragon. And uh, I have a feeling that that list of games is only going to grow the older we yeah. get, right? Yep. Like there's going to be a time, like I feel it coming already. There's going to be a time where... I'm not good at Mega Man anymore, and it's going to be sad. And I guess what you do uh, then is you watch playthroughs on YouTube 
I was going to say, then we just take take you outside and shoot you, put you down. Yeah, you, yeah, you probably. I should. just hope that Link's Awakening doesn't add it to any of our lists anytime soon. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that is episode 247 of Nintendo Dads. Um, as we close out the show, uh, we do want to make a reminder here to not forget about our Discord community super cool monthly mayhem section. Brand new game starting right now. This month's game for monthly mayhem is Link's Awakening. And if you have not watched the video on how to score for that game, uh, you can head over to our YouTube channel and uh, see Drew and Zablanc, uh, and they will tell you all that you need to know about it. And we want to thank them for being uh, awesome organizers of that. And again, to participate in that, just a dollar a month over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, you'll get access to every single bit of the Discord and uh, all that good stuff, as well as monthly mayhem. And, and if you uh, watch, if, if you watch the video and they start explaining how the points work, and they mention that you get you get points for all the photos, and before you say, "Hey, there's no photos in this game," they know. So, d- yep. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, don't don't dump on them. Uh, all right. So uh, again, as we close out, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, and Tim Off. And uh, we especially want to thank Tim for being our community manager and setting up our brand new website. If you've not been over to nintendodads.org, you can head over there for all of our brand new videos, tweets, podcast episodes, links to our social media, our Patreon page, uh, and Nintendo Dads shop is over there where you can get yourself some sweet Nintendo Dads stickers like these, like our Voltendo Dads. And our Now You're Playing with Superpower Nintendo Dads cast uh, logo there. And they ship out, and they are awesome. I have this Nintendo Dads one on my car now. Super cool. You can get phone cases, T-shirts, all that good stuff. Or you can find us, if you don't want to go to the website, you can find us in most places you use social media. Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads, and boom, there will be, baby. You can also email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or our brand new email address, podcast at nintendodads.org. And if you're really old school, and we love this, you can call in and leave a voicemail at 92925-NDADS. That's 929-256-3237. want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And listen, guys. Don't be afraid to go over and give us a five-star review and some kind words on the favorite podcast app that you use. That's like CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Uh, would love for you to rate us and review us so more people can find this fine, fantastic show. For me, for Jesse, for Justin, this has been episode 247 of Nintendo Dads. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. You're such a jerk. <laughs> Where did that come from?